0: storytelling is as old as time itself stories run through the lifeblood of humankind but stories are forgotten as they're passed from generation to generation my goal with this podcast is to prevent that from happening to stop these stories from getting lost in the sands of time I'm David Swiduck, and you're listening to
1: Fated, Fated Words. Words.
0: So this week, I've got a very special treat for you guys. I had an opportunity to sit down with an author who has a fantastic book coming out here, September 1st. The book is called The Fear of Everything. Um, And I sat down to chat today with author John McNally. Now, The Fear of Everything is a short story anthology, all fiction, kind of a bit of magical realism. These are, I don't know any other way to put it, they're just simply fantastic stories. A lot of them have some brilliant little twists and really will leave you kind of thinking about a lot. And I had the extreme pleasure to uh, sit down and and chat with the author of this book, John McNally. He's, as you'll hear, quite accomplished. He's got 17 different books uh, prior to this one a couple different collections of short stories and a number of novels and, and different things like that. So really, really awesome dude. And I really enjoyed this book, The Fear of Everything. I did have the chance to speak with him and, and get an advanced copy of his book and read that. We won't be spoiling any of the stories. so You don't have to worry about that. Um, But we will be talking about all kinds of stuff from his writing process to how he uses real life to influence what he's doing, uh, the stories he's creating and all of that. So I really do think you guys are going to enjoy this and we'll just kind of get right to it. We're going to kick off. He'll tell us a little bit about himself. This is my conversation with John McNally about his book, The Fear of Everything. I'm David Swiduck, and this is Faded Words. All right, so as I said in that intro, I'm very excited to talk with our guest today. And John, I I want to apologize. If I accidentally call you Joe, I, I really sincerely apologize. I'm a photographer. I've been a photographer for a long time. And there is a really well known photographer named Joe McNally. And every time I look at your name, I keep thinking, I don't know why <laughs> Joe wants to come in. If I make a slip of the tongue, please know it's not intentional. And I'm fine. not being just a harebrained. It's just, I've seen his name so often for like 15 years that I, I now seeing a different name. I'm like, John, it's John, it's John. So welcome to Faded Words. Welcome to this little adventure. And, and I'm excited to talk to you. It's excited to talk about your your new book project. But first, you know, why don't we just kind of let people know a little bit about who you are, what you do. I know you get got a big background, and then we'll just uh, kind of move into a little bit about the new book and then see where the conversation goes from there.
1: Yeah, well, for you know, first, thanks for having me on. Hey, Appreciate my pleasure. It. My pleasure. Um, yeah, so I'm, I would say I'm primarily a fiction writer. I think that's, I mean, that's my first love. That's what I've been sure. doing the longest, and that's probably the story that I've published the most in. Um, I grew up on the Southwest side of Chicago, blue collar family, um, uh, kind of, I think like I, I had an interest in writing early on, uh, and, and I kind of, I, I, I also, I've, I've written a memoir, I've, I've, I write screenplays, so I I, oh, wow. I, I don't, I don't write poetry. So that's no, t- I, yeah, you take poetry off, the
0: no, you know, I, off, I'm, off the table. I've got to ask you because I I I do enjoy at times reading poetry, but I and mean, I, I've I've always thought like oh, it'd be cool to be able to write like that. It's such a distilled version of of words, basically. But man, it's so intimidating to me. Like, there's so many. They seem non. I, I don't want to offend any poetry authors, but it seems like so many of these rules they put on there are so nonsensical. Like you got to do this and get, you know, it's just like, I think I'll just stick with paragraphs, please. <laughs> so for you, how come no poetry?
1: Uh, well, I, I took a lot of poetry courses when I was an undergrad and I had some great teachers uh-huh. and, but I just, I realized like, I just, I was a terrible poet and I just yeah. like all, all my poetry was essentially just one sentence short stories with line breaks. Oh, so, I mean, I'm very narrative driven. Um, but I could never figure out you know when we would have to like count the beats or you know yeah or, I just could I just can't do it. I'm just it's, incapable of doing it. There's just oh,
0: so many weird things like that it, it's it blows I, I I can't wrap my head around it either so you're not alone.
1: Yeah I just the form I don't quite get um, mm-hmm. but I appreciate it as a reader I, I right. just, I'm just
0: incapable of it. Yeah, yeah. well, nothing wrong with that. I mean it's <laughs> it's, it's kind of good to know your your strengths and weaknesses and you know why bother bashing your head against the wall trying to bust through a weakness when you can just focus on the strengths i guess too so exactly yeah And well i did i didn't mean to derail you i know you've got a big background like you said you've written a lot of different stuff um i guess how, how did you get into it like what drew you to
1: writing i guess initially i so initially in the in the 4th grade we had to I was I was a I was kind of a a fat kid and okay. in the 4th grade we had to write a play and perform mm-hmm. it. And I was also really I was a shy. Kid. Sure. So, so the idea of performing in front of my classmates was just mortifying. <laughs> but but it was the first creative writing I ever done. And so, yeah. so I wrote a play about a, a fat superhero who goes into a phone booth and gets stuck Trying to change into his other in, into his outfit. Into
0: oh no! Outfit. Okay.
1: Um, but it was. I think it was a couple things. One was that it. The classmates thought it was funny, but but I was keeping my eye on the teacher because I felt like the classmates would be easy to entertain. Sure. Um, and the. Uh, the teacher enjoyed it, and and when I saw that she was enjoying, it, I thought, okay, this is maybe I have some aptitude. Right. But that was. Uh, I mean that was that was fourth grade, so I dabbled in creative writing. I think until I took my first creative writing course as a sophomore in college. Okay, uh, with a poet, yeah. with Rodney Jones, the poet. Oh, okay, and he, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he he just he he began pointing out things. Well, first of all, the first the first unit was poetry writing, mm-hmm. and so and. It, and that's where at first I thought like, okay, maybe I'm, you know, I, I call myself as a creative person that I had an aptitude for creative writing, but <laughs> he kept turning back the poems with one, you know, his, his right. feedback was like cliche, didactic, like all Ooh. these, like, like yeah, you know, negative things. And then I, then I wrote the first short story for the class and he was like, okay, was, you know, he was incredibly encouraging about it. Sure. so So that was the first time as the first of my family to go to college, that was the first time that I, that I saw that, like, the possibility of what, what I could do as a career in terms of, like, I didn't know what creative writers did besides write books. And right. That was my first experience that, oh, they also teach. Oh. This is a, this is a possibility or a, a particular avenue. Yeah.
0: That I could go Very cool. I, I had a, he was a, in our high school, so a little older, um, uh, than fourth grade but he was i had him as a an english teacher and i I believe seventh eighth ninth tenth grade through all of those and then through later years for some more specific you know classes um other than just the general english and literature and grammar stuff but i it wasn't until i was older and i I know i've told this here listeners will know this but i didn't know he was an author so kind of a similar thing and he writes Mm -hmm. still writes today he retired from teaching and he still writes but he writes a lot of uh, mainly young adult historical fiction set here where, where I'm at in, in Minnesota, northern Minnesota. And um, it blew my mind to see his name on a book when I just knew him as my teacher. You know, it was, it was such a weird mm-hmm. thing. Like you said, it is one of the things that never occurred to me that, oh, yeah, writers do have to, you know, a lot of times they're teaching. They're, they're doing other things too, you know. That's, that's funny that, that that came through yours as well.
1: Yeah, well, I remember the first the first class. I think I was, yeah. You know, I mean, he, he introduced himself as a poet, and I thought, yeah, okay, uh-huh. you know, are, aren't we all poets? <laughs> so, something really just naive and arrogant. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, uh, and embarrassing now to, to think. Um, <laughs> and then I began, you know, looking up his poetry and seeing that uh-huh. he had I mean, He had a book coming out that mm-hmm. ended up being a finalist for the Pulitzer. You know? so, oh, wow! So I mean, he was like a big deal. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I'd never had that exposure before, right? you know, like growing up on the South side of Chicago, it's, yeah. I just hadn't met any writers, none of my teachers. Sure. Uh, writers, And so, you know, and I had to be honest, I hadn't even read that much So really? I had an interest in creative writing, but I read Mad Magazine and things like that. <laughs> so, like my experience <laughs> for reading was even a yeah. Uh, right, right. So, so that just kind of opened up my eyes that class, I, and sure. he began giving me lists of people I should be reading, and uh-huh. uh, that opened up this whole other world for me.
0: Do you remember who some of those people were that that he sets you on the path of to start with?
1: Yeah, I mean, he he. So he went to college in the '60s, so it was mm-hmm. a lot of people like Donald and John Barth, and um, sure, Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, so it was a lot of those those. You know, kind of postmodern writers. Um, sure, you know, and the, you know, I I think my taste evolved or changed. You mm-hmm. know, the more I read, the more the more I uh, you know expose myself to different kinds of styles of writers. But it's yeah, you kind of find what clicks with you best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was you know, it was eye opening. It was you know, I was seeing writers do things that I had never imagined. You know, writers yeah. doing you know, so, and I remember just. Consuming as much of it as I possibly could and spending a lot of sure. time with these books to earn Judging whether I should, whether I could buy beer that night if I bought.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and then you, you know, like you said, you've been drawn to fiction, uh, creative writing, but at least from what I've read of you with it, with your book that, that we're going to talk about here in a bit, it's not so much like fantasy or, um, you know sci-fi it, it's more of a real world kind of grounded with a a hint of of the other world in it I guess you could say how, how did you find yourself in that zone and is that what most of your writing is or is this is this book here the fear of everything uh, is this a little bit different than most of your other writing or
1: it's a little bit different I think um I I get I get tired of writing the same kind of thing. And so, sure. I mean, I think like most of my books are, you know, it's probably not the best career move, but it's like most of my books are, I think, different from each other. And, sure. um, but what happened with this book, I'd already written two previous short story collections. Each, yeah. each collection takes about 10 years. I work on a lot of other things during that time, but I, it's, a, it's a big commitment just in terms of evolution of a short story collection for me. Yeah. And I think I just kind of got burned out of writing straight realism. Right. Um, And so I just, I was working on some other things at the time, but then a friend of mine, Sam Weller, Mm -hmm. had uh, he was Ray Ray Bradbury's biographer. Oh. And he was editing this anthology of short stories that were inspired by Ray Bradbury's stories. He asked me to be a part of it. And he already had a lot of big people on board, like Dave Edwards and Margaret Atwood. Okay. I see writers, uh, and I said absolutely. And then once I agreed to do it, I thought, I don't really write, them, you know. So I don't right. know exactly Uh-oh. what to do. Uh, <laughs> but you know, the great thing is that Ray Bradbury was one of the one of the few writers that I read when I was in grade school, and one of the persons who was a huge inspiration for me in terms right. of thinking about creative writing, along with like Ursula K. Le Guin and a few other yes. writers in that in that vein. And so. I went back and I began rereading Bradbury's early columns, and I just, I just like, so good. It's an amazing yeah. short story. Um, and it kind of, what it did was it just tapped into like my original inspiration for writing, which was have fun.
0: Right. And to kind
1: of do these things that it gave me license to do things that I had never done before in writing. Yeah. That was really my goal with this book, which was not to write a lot of, not to write a a story that was all in the mode of ray right? bradbury i mean the right. one story that uh, the story the phone call yeah the anthology
0: mm-hmm.
1: but i just i wanted to i wanted for each story to, to allow myself that that uh, opportunity to, to do something either move into a different genre or to have maybe a, a bit of a fantastical yeah. element every once in a while
0: yeah well it definitely it, it's it's fascinating to me I guess a couple thoughts I'm swirling here but as, as I, I guess regarding what you were just saying it's it's like letting yourself play you know right. you get to just explore and, and kind of dip your toes in and say well, what would this be like or how would I, you know how would this feel or if I was going to do this that's I love that because that's to me um I I don't I, I don't have any books I don't write a ton most of my writing is done on you know I've done a lot of website and blog type writing but My main creative outlets are, um, I'm a musician. I've been playing the drums since I was about three years old. And official lessons when I was like seven started. And I played my whole life. I'm a photographer, and I I do that avidly. And I just love reading. And the one thing that, I, I don't know why it is, and it feels like I don't see it as often as days gone by, but the idea of a short story it really fascinates me and I love it because it, it really feels a lot like, to me, like photography where I don't go out and, you know, if I'm going to put together a project or a book, I'm not going to go out and sit down over the course of, you know, a few weeks or a few months and say, I'm just, I'm just creating this thing to me. Like, like your book here felt like you get these ideas, you, you explore, you, you have fun with them. And then you're on to something else. And then, hey, the next one comes and it it builds up over time. And it's very similar to how photography works for me. And I I really kind of clicked with that. I really dug that because each one of these stories just, they kind of, well, a lot of them really make you kind of think like, wow, you know, I I didn't see that coming or, you know, just something like you mentioned the story with the phone call without spoiling it for people. I was like, that's such a brilliant concept. And it was so nicely tied up in this short story format. I was just, I loved it. And I I guess that was the one question that that I had for you. And it feels like a big question, but for you, why short stories?
1: Yeah, I mean, of of, of everything that I write, including novels, Mm -hmm. short stories are the thing that I feel most comfortable with in terms of understanding when they're working and when they're not working as I'm, as I'm writing them. And I think aesthetically, I like them because they're this. It, you know, it's like it's it, it's for me. It's like it's like beginning with this hunk of clay and beginning to form it, and right. and there's something kind of organic about the story that begins to click at a certain point. Where I mean, you know, when I always talk to my students about this, it's like if you're in that zone of writing, you're writing from this unconscious place yeah. in your head, you know, um, and that's the best place to be. But the right. problem with it is, is that all these weird things start happening and you don't know why they're <laughs> why they're happening. You know, it's like well, and they're also kind of disparate things. It's like, why, you know, I wasn't planning on having that character walk in. Why did that
0: right? Sure.
1: Um different objects, you're not aware of like the repetition of certain objects and things like that. Right. And so but to me, that's the thing that I love about short stories. It's way more difficult than a novel because you mm-hmm. you know, it's just the process of writing a novel is more like building a skyscraper in some way right Um, but this i feel like okay i sit down i write the story i write the draft of it sometimes i'll put a story away for a couple of years um, yeah and come back and i feel like i've i've kind of grown and i'm able to kind of catch up to what the mystery of the story was what it was trying to tell me
0: but i just wasn't
1: able to do it when i'm so close to the material right Um, So it's a, it's a process that I think both,
0: you know, I don't, I don't
1: look at like, I don't sit down to write stories as therapy, but I feel like if you're writing from an unconscious state, you are writing about your own, I mean, it's like a dream world. You are writing about things that you're fixated on at a particular time, but it's difficult to understand like why, like why those things and why are they being filtered through this particular story? Sure. These odd it's kind all, of details
0: almost a way of letting your characters help you hash out what's your your thinking yourself
1: yeah. And, and, yeah and to be honest sometimes i'm not even fully aware of how they're all working in concert with each other until right. the book starts getting reviewed and somebody <laughs> says oh yeah oh, I, I mean i wasn't even aware that there was a phone in most of the states you know, <laughs> on the cover of the book Yeah. until we were, we were talking about i was talking to my uh it's the managing editor about possible images uh-huh and she's like oh there's like a phone appears a lot of them right. maybe it's something simple like that where i'm like that's weird you know like why why am i having a phone, <laughs> <laughs> like a phone in like three or four of the-
0: well and the thing i love about it i mean yes there there is a phone that appears through it i i didn't really pick that up till you're saying it now and i'm like hey yeah wait a minute there was a number of these, it, but it it's not like every story has a centerpiece on the phone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like this, it, it's almost like an Easter egg thrown through that. It's like, Hey, that's cool. And then having that cover, it's, it's like just a subtle nod to the reader, you know, yeah, maybe you'll get this, maybe you won't as a reader, but Hey, there's this thing, you know, <laughs> it, it's really cool. So how do you feel like when you sit down, I know you said you sit down and kind of just let these stories come out versus a novel where, like you said, it's like building a skyscraper. It's very plotted and, and laid out and there's a big process. It's a long process. Um, how do you find when you're writing your short stories, I know you said you get at least a draft. In every story is different, I understand, but from start to finish, what would you say it takes you You know, on average? Are, are short stories something that take you Hours, days, weeks, years, you know, to it, go from start I mean, to finish?
1: From start to finish, I would say on an average of two. Years. Okay. The uh, the story so, that the longest in here was 10. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Um, that's interesting. It, it, what I, The way I treat them now is that I'm just patient with them. If I can get a draft done in one sitting, uh, I'll try to do it. I mean, not, not necessarily one sitting, but like over, over the course of like three or four days.
0: Sure. Uh, sure you got your skeleton there and then you kind of know what's happening. And then at that point it's got to grow.
1: Or, I mean, actually I usually don't know. (laughs) Okay. I, I, I usually have a sense. I have a sense of a couple of things that I might be building toward, but not, I try to be, I try not to, I never work with an outline with a short, anything like that. Occasionally I'll have an end image, like an ending Mm -hmm. image. Um, even then I try to resist that as much as sure.
0: Well, I, I was so. going to ask you about that. Do you find, cause I know sometimes a little bit, I mean, I'm by no means a writer. I I, I don't, <laughs> don't claim that, but more of a hobbyist, I guess you'd say, but I know I oftentimes I, I keep a journal and stuff. And when I get these ideas, oddly enough, it's it's one of two things that push me to want to put together some sort of short story. And it's either, an opening line will jump in my head and I'm like, Oh, that's cool. you know, and then I'll come back to it later and and try and figure out where it might lead if anywhere. And then the other thing is I usually have like a weird, like the twist at the end kind of will be the first thing that comes to mind. And then it's, it's a process of trying to figure out, okay, how do I get there though? And that's, I I, I can't say I've written a ton, you know, it's like I said, in journals and, and, not you know, not out in the wild so much, but I, I I'm fascinated to hear more about that process. I'm glad you're sharing that. I appreciate that because it seems like your process kind of takes you in a different direction. It's a little little different than that, and I'm yeah I'm probably yeah. Just I, mean, strange.
1: I I feel like part of it is for me. It's it's like the interest that I have in writing a short story is like the mystery of it. And, yeah. the, and the mystery of the process too. In terms sure. of sure. Getting to that point of where everything starts congealing, or there's a cumulative effect of some kind. Right. I don't always. I don't know exactly what that is. So that's the mystery is trying to get that point. Gotcha. Occasionally, like with this book, uh, which has happened a couple times with some other short stories, but like one of the stories in here was actually three different stories that I couldn't get. To oh. And then I realized that they were actually three stories that were kind of talking to each other. They were kind now, of.
0: Yeah. Can I ask which story? I know I am thinking there is there is one or two at the end. If I remember right, that are a little longer that have a few different acts. I guess you'd say
1: uh, the creeping end is one that was three stories. Okay, I, yeah. that's broken into three different parts.
0: Right. I was trying was to it, turn. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say, was it was the devil in the details? I think was is that another one that was multiple parts? No, or, that
1: was. Or am I thinking that was of something one? that was going to be? I'd wanted that to be part of something longer. Oh, and, okay. And it just, I could never get the thing to work. And, and I realized that that was like when I took all the parts of that particular narrative out, sure. That it, it you know, it, it, that it had an arc Uh huh. that was actually a really, that was an odd process. I've, I've never done that before. Where I've taken something from something longer.
0: Yeah. And then, and then
1: shaped it into the story. kind of distilled it down to its own thing. Yeah. Interesting. In that case, it was like working in reverse because it's like, I had to make it. I had to take, I had to, I had to really kind of think about how, how can this be self?
0: Sure. And still have that impact. Yeah. That I, I imagine that has to be a, a challenging position to be sitting in because you've already had this larger thing. And, and, now you're, you're kind of looking at for lack of a better term you know how do i how do i kill some of my babies and and tighten this up and and still get what i want to say across that's a difficult thing to do
1: yeah i mean it was i remember andre De the third who wrote house of sand and fog he talked about he'd spent several years working on a novel and, and in the end it ended up being about like a 40 page or 50 page oh really and that's actually what happened with this. I'd spent years working on a novel. that was about probably about five hundred and fifty right. pages. This is and, and the devil in the details is what ended up, you know, which is probably about manuscript pages. Sure, 45 sure. Forty-five manuscript pages. So, salvage a lot of five hundred and <laughs> like several years of my life. So if I think about it in those terms, it gets really depressing. Well, <laughs> I
0: you know I get that. I mean, I like I said as a photographer, I kind of go through that too when I start looking at going through images. I mean, I've got hundreds of thousands of images and you try and pare those down and I've done all this stuff. And, but then you look at it and it's like, you, you almost have to, um, what's right. You almost have to experience in some more life. You know, you, you've got to bring more of yourself into it before you can take that step back and look at it and say, okay, so what do I have here? What, you know, because those directions change, they things tend to move a little bit. And so that's I, I wouldn't I wouldn't feel too depressed about it. I think you have to explore, especially when you're a book like this from a sound from you know, from what you're saying, very much kind of pushing in some different directions, trying some new things out. The only way you're gonna get there, you know, is not you but people is to experiment. And not every experiment works, I suppose, you know, so nothing nothing bad about that.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I, I would be more depressed if that was the only thing I was doing for six years. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, so fortunately, I juggle a lot of it. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, and I well, do think, I, like, everything has its own gestation period, so that's the other thing, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, I never know, going into a project, you know, at first, whether it's going to work, and also how yeah. long it's going to take. The yeah. phone call was actually an interesting uh, I mean, I talked about it being an assignment, but actually, mm-hmm. what, the genesis of that was that back in 19 probably like 1989 So my okay. mother died in 1988 and in 1989 of course i'm still like trying to
0: process it, she yeah She died yeah. really
1: young she was 54 okay i was about 23 okay um, and so there's one night where i'm just i i couldn't sleep that's probably about six or seven months after that and i wrote a version of the of the phone call really um, and then the next day, I couldn't find it. I printed it out, uh-huh. and the next time I looked for it, I just couldn't find. It. I didn't oh, know what no. had happened to it. Oh, and so for years, I just I kept thinking about that story, and I knew uh-huh. that it was like that version. That it was just kind of this catharsis of, and I did mm-hmm. write it in one. I stayed up all night and just ready to draft it, but I knew it was sure. it was more cathartic of what I was going through. Mm-hmm. But I had twenty about <laughs> twenty years to oh wait. Uh, no, I guess maybe about 12. Okay. So, to kind of think about it, to think sure. about that. And, um, and then I, I'm well, actually doing math. Yeah, no, I actually probably was Uh To kind of think about the story. Um, and then when my friend gave me the assignment, when I was mm-hmm. trying to think of, like, what kind of story to write, because the early version of it had some sort of you know, fantastical element in
0: it. Yeah. Um,
1: so then I wrote. So then I began trying to recreate it in some way, uh-huh. uh, make it its own. And then after I finished the story and after it came out in the anthology, I was moving to Louisiana from North Carolina, and I found the original story that I hadn't seen in twenty. 20- oh no way! Uh, in a box, and it was eerily very similar. I mean, really? it, was, it was interesting to see. It was just kind of it yeah, had that, the same title. It was that is cool. Yeah. I, I, but it was, that almost, was, it was almost like the story telling me, you need to put this away for 20 years to be able to process. it Right.
0: Right. right. Exactly. That no, that's, that's amazing. And, and that one, I do have to say it's, it's one of my favorites in the whole uh, collection here in, in this book. It's just such a, I, I don't want to say fun because there are some darker elements to that, to that story without spoiling it for people, but it just was so enjoyable. Like I, I found myself really sucked into it as a reader. Like, oh man, I, I I know, you know, I was thinking of family members of my own that I lost young and, you know, not necessarily that same situation as in that story, but what, what it would have been like to know that you had that chance kind of thing, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and all that it just, it was such a fun, fun story in in a, not a happy go lucky way, but I don't know if that makes sense you know?
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's, I, I mean, that's a story. Like I said, too, it's like that it reinvigorated my desire to write stories again. Right. So, and I do feel like, you know, even if it's darker material. Yeah. That I feel like I have to, I have to be enjoying the writing process. Right. To transfer it to the reader. So I'm happy. I'm happy to hear that.
0: Yeah. I, I really enjoy it. And in a lot of your stories. And I guess that's a good place to kind of, kind of bring in something we touched on earlier, how, you know, I know you, you talk about bringing in like your life experiences and, and all of that. And especially when it ends up being darker material, can you, can you tell, tell me a little bit about how that works for you as far as the importance of that and and how, what, what that means to bringing your personal experience into it. And then I guess kind of the second part of that is, is, how you feel when all of a sudden the story springs out of you that is much darker than you thought you had inside, you know, inside mm-hmm. you. When you have to kind of face like, holy cow, that came out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I so this. I had a teacher years ago who he kind of ticked off the other students in class because, <laughs> like, the, the, the cliché in creative writing is to always say what's at stake for the character, but yeah. he said there was after a story that had been workshopped and he said, he's like, what's at stake for you in writing this? Like asking the author. Yeah. And I, and I, that is probably as a, as a kind of driving force for me as a writer, that that's the thing that I come back to the most. And anytime I'm writing something, Mm -hmm. I always think, you know, like, well, what's at stake for me? And it doesn't have to be directly autobiographical right um but it but it, what it requires is just kind of getting deeply inside the consciousness of the narrator that i'm writing about to such right. a point where i am tapping into something myself through the worldview of the narrator when you're writing right that you know as i as i talked about earlier that you know it's like i mean it may take me a couple years to piece together i am writing about this but it's but there's still but i can feel i think that I can always tell when I'm writing something and I'm not that invested, you know, sure, sure. or that I'm not that deeply inside the, the consciousness. Of the character.
0: You're kind of more, more sketching than you are actually creating at that point. Yeah. Or
1: I'm like hovering outside or I'm, or yeah. it's like early on in a draft of a novel where I'm just kind of trying to get to know the characters, but I'm not really, I'm not there yet. So I have to keep yeah. going back and kind of digging deeper inside to, to, you know, understand the character. And by doing that, mm. I'm, I'm also digging deeper inside myself to be able to kind of filter things through their eyes. And I think like that, one of my favorite quotes is where Stephen King talked about. Yes. He didn't, he didn't realize, you know, it was like years later when he, when he, you know, when he was confronted with being an alcoholic that, Mm -hmm. you know, that a book like the shining was really about you know, his own struggles. Right. It was that, you know, but it, it occurred to him at the time he was writing it that that no. you know the book was really kind of a metaphor for what he
0: was going to. Yeah, um, and that's it, that's that I was thinking of of that that quote. I can't remember the exact quote, but basically that stretch. Yeah, because I've seen him say that, and it's when I talk about kind of confronting that darkness. He's one that I often think of. Like, I wonder if he ever has one of those moments where he writes one of these just. Crazy horror stories, and you know, just dark and uh, almost feels like it's you know, just dripping pure evil. If he ever looks at his writing and goes, Whoa, am I all right? <laughs> you know, or <laughs> where does this come from? But, like you say, it, oftentimes you don't see that right away.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the so that's the that to me is like the tricky part, and it's always the thing that I find mm-hmm. it's difficult to teach students, but it's that sure. idea that you may not know. For 20 years, why, you know, in what way you in some way had something at stake in a particular story. I think you feel it, you know. I think, like, deep enough into a story, you sense that there's something at stake. And it it also, if it becomes a kind of compulsion where you're driven to keep going back to it and Mm -hmm. on it, that it's probably, you know, those stakes are probably. Yeah, that makes
0: sense. I
1: mean, I think, like, With this collection, one of the things that that was pointed out to me—I didn't really think that much about—was that somebody who'd read a draft of it earlier had said, "Like, oh, you know, it's like it's almost like it's a ghost, like a lot of ghost stories. It's like people who are kind of missing in characters' lives."
0: Right, right. I hadn't really
1: thought of it in that regard, but I was also—I was writing most of these stories. Shortly after I was going through a divorce, and also my father had died, and so yeah. I was, and I was moving. I was, I was making a 900 mile move. So it was a period of my life when a lot of people were that had been in my life for a long time suddenly right. not in my life. Wow. And so, yeah. So I think like that was when I think about like something that I wasn't aware of that was probably at stake in the stories. It was this idea of oh, really, kind of writing about these ghosts that kind of move through your life sure people who used to be there who aren't there anymore yeah i,
0: I i'm thinking of I'm thinking back on some of these stories and and after hearing that i can absolutely see that in a few I'm like, I, was it uh well the final story catch and release that deals directly with a uh relationship ending if i recall doesn't it
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah and that's yeah, that's, that's the, the one the with fear, the, the fear of everything y- yeah Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do have to say, though, mm. w- was it in catch and release? There was the twist with the, uh, the, because now I hope I'm not mixing this up with the dish, uh, the garbage disposal. Was it that was, was it, <laughs> or is that the next, <laughs> morning? that's in the next morning, yeah. next, morning, next yeah. morning? Yeah. That one, like I'm reading this story and I'm into it. And in that one too, though, a little bit kind of has that, that relationship element thinking of it too, and a little bit, but when that scene happened, it was just like, you're, you're kind of cruising along this story and, you know, like, oh, everything's, it's kind of party mode. And all of a sudden, uh, mayhem, I was like, whoa, <laughs> I did not see that coming.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Without giving it away, I, I like right. the uh twice that I've, I've given that reading, I've read that story in public twice. Oh, really? And probably... Probably just a couple of sentences before it actually happens. I look yeah. up and everybody is cower like like they're anticipating what's gonna
0: right. happen. Right. You kind of get that feeling like, no, nah, you know, he, it'll be fine. Yeah. You no, know, he's not gonna go there. It, it'll be fine. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. There was so many, you know, like I said, I I am well, my my show, I, I used to be my this this podcast used to be called Adventures and Creativity. And I would talk every week about all just all aspects, exploring all types of creativity. I mean, I've talked to everyone from photographers to uh, metal workers and sculpture artists and, you know, painters and and all this stuff. And I loved it, but I just found over time that storytelling was the one thing that kind of ran through all of it. So I started changing that. And one of the things I do is these uh, most of the episodes between when I do these interviews are. Kind of audiobook style readings. I don't know if you're familiar with uh it's called Project Gutenberg. It's they're they're taking all of these old classic stories that are now in the public domain and on the you know, basically being mm-hmm. forgotten, right. you know, magazines and and short stories. And and that's what I'll do is I'll find a short story that interests me, and just it's it's that's faded words. My attempt to help these stories, you know, prevent them from being, you know, fading away as quickly, maybe. And as I read through this, I mean, so I'm with, with me doing that now for, you know, kind of making this change and reading through a ton of short stories of all the, you know, like Vonnegut and Philip K. Dick and all these people, reading through your, your anthology, I just loved how there was a familiarness through the whole thing. There was a lot of fun twists, but also each story is is unique. I mean, it, the, the the initial concept with the first story that opens in The Magician I I don't know why I had that thought never even crossed my mind before. But once I read your story, I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. You know, like what a unique take on it. I love it. And that's I love how you bring so much of that. And now hearing there's a lot of personal stuff in there. So some of those stories, like you said, without bringing away, how do you feel the, the personal experience, aside from what you've said already, really, really molds that?
1: like the more
0: autobiographical yeah well and not even so much like the directly you know like you were you were talking there and i felt like i I kind of interrupted us and i apologize where we you know we were talking about more like the you were going through the divorce and the ghost of Mm -hmm. of the people not there how about some of you know some of these other stories aren't dealing so much with that but with just kind of these other elements what other types of things do you find uh, from the personal side you know really influence that on 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 your writing
1: Yeah. I mean, I think like my childhood definitely comes into play in a lot of my writing. So, I mean, you know, definitely with a story like uh, with the magician, Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of my stories, I can turn to almost any page and point randomly at a sentence and tell you the autobiographical connection in some way, like the magician. And it's like, you know, I had a sixth grade class that was in a mobile unit. I had a teacher who would go into the bathroom and smoke. Yeah. Smoke would come out the vent. <laughs> you know, sure, it's like sure. Yeah. All of those sorts of things. So, so, but, you know, trying to figure out then how to tell the story in a fictional mode. Uh-huh. And I think that that's, you know, like, because I don't, I, I don't, like one of my books, for example, the Book of Ralph, yeah. very that's the book that most people probably would think is the most autobiographical probably is the most autobiographical. Okay. So people who grew up in the area with me oftentimes think that they know characters who are in the book that they, that they, oh. that they, you know, like they think that it's actually biography. Right. And I've even had people say like, um, you know, I know you say it's fiction, but I know it's not. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, no, it is fiction. Yeah. It you know? made up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, and I think I try, I, I, I kind of skate that line a lot, I think. So even in, even in this book, even though the stories, there's really nothing, you know, none of these stories I would say are autobiographical in that, in that moment, in that Directly. But yeah. I, yeah, but I do, but I draw heavily on things that I know. Right. So in that sense. And that I think is, you know, that's, not always, but I think to some extent that's what allows me to kind of get deeper into the stories.
0: That makes sense. So like a story like
1: ma- The Magician, mm-hmm. setting I think is something that plays a big part in terms of if I if I can imagine the setting and if it's a place I've been, mm-hmm. like in The Magician, you know the mobile unit, and you know I, I can see it in my head and I I've, I've been there. Yeah. Then I could I think it, then it's easier to tap into the kind of emotional sure that makes sense you know because the, because i have emotions attached to that place, and right so even in small places like you know i think like it was uh, I can't remember my own stories. yeah <laughs> the uh the next morning yeah um i mean that bar is that i'm i'm thinking about a bar that that is in louisiana i sure. mean the story is not set in louisiana but like that's the
0: the Um, atmosphere and
1: yeah. 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 So it's easier for me than that, that allows for a kind of window into, you know, other kinds of emotions. Right. Uh, Right.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm trying to think of others. I mean, a story like the development in the details is harder because that's a historical. Right. um,
0: Yeah.
1: um, Well, but even that I think was like, in that, in a story like that, I would say the thing that kind of, drew me in was like when i was a kid and of course this is in the 1970s right it's like you know i lived in a lot of apartment buildings on the south side and it was like so there'd be like a a street of maybe eight apartment buildings. okay and and i would often be befriended by like some older like an older guy who would be sitting out on the patio would have a collection of like, something weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Like, he'd call me over and want to talk to me and then give me a cat or <laughs> whatever, yeah. You know, like... So, it was this idea of having, like, these mystery people. I think, like, you know, in that case, it was this... Becomes kind of fascinated with this... recluse. Right. And, um, you know, but I've had that experience. Of, like, being kind of brought into this place that... Because, you know, even back then, it was... I remember, like, occasionally, was, you know, nobody... Nobody would ever do this. I mean, you know, but it's like we're tr- we're trained now to like not do this. But it's like going into a stranger's apartment, right? And and going in to this place that I shouldn't be. Yeah. Um. And that kind of tension. But even though that story is so far removed from my own autobiographical ex- sure. experience, I'm still trying to tap into. Hmm. That one. Uh,
0: that one. Um. I, I don't, again, I don't want to spoil it, but that one left me really like, I don't know. I felt so bad for, for our main character yet. At the same time, it's, it's like it ended on, you know, the way the story wraps up, it's kind of like they got what they wanted in a sense, but not really. They, they you know, more of a did what they had to do to survive kind of thing, but uh, I don't want to give it away. <laughs> so I'm trying to dance <laughs> around it, but um, it, it was one where I think, you know, from from that autobiographical standpoint, I think it's one that a lot of people can relate to, even though it's set in this, like you say, a historical time in, in, in ways. But we've all felt a, like an outsider. You know, mm-hmm. we've all felt like we've suddenly been given information that we wish we didn't have. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of a thing. And that that story to me, I I loved it for that aspect because I got done and I I paused reading there for, for the day because um, I just wanted to think about that. That story just stuck with me a bit. You know, it wasn't like the, the phone call was one where it energized me. I was like, that is cool. It makes me want to write something. I love that. It was a cool, you know, idea. I love the concept. The Devil in the Details, I, I stopped and it really just made me think about, those times in my own life when you know like i said you feel like an outsider you feel like you know the deck stacked against you and yet people are now you're stumbling across information you wish you didn't have it and what do we do with this and you know how do we get through that especially as youngsters you know as as kids and it's like wow that was I, i love reading something that makes me think further about the story you know what i mean even though the story ends and it's done it still had me thinking about my own story and how that you know personally ties to what you wrote there in this work of fiction i that was i
1: I loved it well done such a cool story yeah Yeah. i almost didn't include that story in the book because i felt because it's a historical story but i just thought that it's and it's a longer piece than the others but i but i think that I ended up including it just because every story, I felt like every story was on the whole audience. Right. So in that sense, it was it was just one more, you know, kind of snow globe.
0: Well, and I, I think, you know, after hearing you talk earlier, you know, like you said about the the ghosts of people not in our lives anymore, when you look at that thread through this whole book, this collection, I think this one fits brilliantly with that it's a different time period a different era but at the same time it's still dealing with kind of the loss of eh, loss of people but the loss of the people you thought you knew also you know what i mean where it's it's maybe more of discovering more you know more about people and your perception of them is shattered and gone you know that's also a ghost of a person to me you know that's why hearing you say that earlier when when someone mentioned that to you I thought aha yeah that clicks it fits with this <laughs> it's a good thread through this book
1: that's good well, so I'll use that now when I <laughs> justify it <for> <laughs> certainly <laughs> feel free <laughs>
0: that's to me though it, it, I, you know and I hadn't really put that together till hearing you talk earlier and it's just one of those things where Yeah, when you lose someone, I mean, I I can I'm thinking right now of of a couple really close friends I had, you know, growing up and for years, and different points in time where, you know, our paths kind of split, because they went a different direction. And my perception of them was shattered. And even though they're still alive, and well, you know, I could walk down, you know, call them up and talk to them today. But that friendship and in that relationship we had, my perception of them as you know how I thought they were was gone, and suddenly this other thing is there, <laughs> you know, this other person, and it's it's yeah, you don't think of it that way, but that's just as much loss as as a death, really, in in a oh, lot yeah. of ways, yeah crazy it's interesting. I mean as you're as you're talking about that I'm
1: thinking about this novel I'm working on and that theme is still in and, and it's novel too it was, yeah so so clearly it's one of my fixations.
0: <sighs> nothing wrong with that I love it I I, I know I, I you've got a big back catalog that's the thing and when they sent me this one to, they, they reached out and said hey you want to take a look at this I think you're gonna like them and boy boy did I ever I love this collection I I just it's so rare i don't know why i just i feel like short story you know you see the anthologies pop up every now and then and usually it's like the you know the big celebrity hey we're doing this thing you know whether it's the you know in the fantasy genre you get me you know, like george R. R. martin and all these guys they'll put together some collection and but you i just don't see as often coming across my my vision at least uh really good, solid collections, like what you put together. And, and I'm so glad I got a chance to read it because I really, really dug it. I mean, there's almost every one of these stories I was able to sit down and think about and, and relate to. And the, the only one that I couldn't was really the phone call. And that's because that one just completely energized me and jazzed me up. I was like, oh, I love that so much. <laughs> it was so cool. But I had this connection. so that. Yeah, no, my my pleasure. I'm so glad I got a chance to read it. So what about you know I know you said you're working on a novel before I guess before we get to that I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit as you look at this you know knowing you're you're tied to all of this work intimately as its creator do you think you have a favorite standout story in this in this anthology like the one that uh, means the most to you, or maybe is, you know, kind of hard to say your favorite when you're the creator of it, but still, you know, kind of that line of thinking, is there one, maybe two that, that you would say, these are my absolute favorites in this collection?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think with every collection I have usually one or two, um, I mean, I, it's, it's more of that ones that I just feel kind of closer to in some way. Sure. And I think, uh, the fear of everything, the title story is definitely one that, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it took, a, it took a while to get that one to work, but once I began, that was a story that was actually two stories. And oh. once I realized that they should be one story, then yeah. things started kind of falling in place for, for me. but uh, that was, I mean, if anything, it's it's a little more directly, you know, I don't want to say autobiographical because it's not the way things happen in my sure, marriage or- Sure, not historically you know, I'm, I'm,
0: accurate, yeah.
1: Right. But I feel like emotionally in some ways that that's mm-hmm. like I feel like this this character I mean his character's trying to be this metamorphosis like, right? And, and uh, probably in terms of age. Sure. It's closer to me. And so kind of like it was easier to kind of tap into that character. Gotcha. So I feel a closeness to that. Uh oddly, the creeping end is one that I that is one of my favorite was. yeah uh, not not necessarily and again not necessarily autobiographically although you know there's a weird sleep study thing that happens in there yeah similar similar to a sleep study that i experienced. <laughs> um you know the death of a of a dog you know like some, yeah. there's some elements here and there that are like autobiographical but i felt like that was a story that what i wanted to do was i wanted to write once I realized that those were three different stories, mm-hmm. that those three stories kind of belong together. Yeah. I mean, my first impulse was to just write it as a traditional story and try to make it work and sure. kind of level out the tone. But then I, and this is this is what was fun about writing this book, was that trying to challenge myself mm-hmm. in some way. And so with that particular story, I thought, like, what, it would, what would it be like? Because the subtitle is a triptych. And so a triptych is, you know, panels. Yep. That are connected, but not necessarily. They don't necessarily have to be the same.
0: It's yeah, not necessarily a sequel. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And so, so I thought, like, what what would that be like tonally? Have three different. uh, uh, Can I can I get a story to work that essentially has three different tones? Yeah. Um, Each section, like the first section, is more kind of lighthearted. The second section, I think, is just a little haunting, and the third section is kind of. You know? and yeah. So, um, And so that, so I think just in terms of the experience of writing that in, I'm just, it was a fun, it was a fun experiment that I'm yeah. happy with, you know, how it turned out. I, um, I'm a harsh critic. I hate, like, saying I'm happy about how it turned out. Oh, list. I, I understand. I'm done Writing a book, I'd actually <laughs> never go back and read it. So.
0: Right, I understand <laughs> that completely. Hey, you know, I, <laughs> I I've got to ask. Hey, I got to not ask. I've got to tell you. I don't like. I said we don't want to spoil these stories for anyone. This one in particular, I, I reread it a couple times, and every time I reread it, I found myself questioning and i might have to just ask you this when, uh, offline when we when we were at recording because the the way it ends it leaves me scratching my head wondering wait a minute is this kind of a situation similar to the phone call uh or is it is it really just straightforward you know what i mean and i, I kind of mm-hmm. I'm, I'm rereading i'm like boy i don't know and every time i reread it i i, I came down on a different answer so <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it, you know, it, it, but, but like you said, those three, uh, the, the subtitle of the triptych is, is fitting. Cause in photography, I use that. We use those a lot. You know, you put groups of mm-hmm. images together to tell a story. They're not all, you know, point A to point B point B to C, you know, you might have three seemingly separate things that all just have a, a commonality that just that thread that runs through them and ties them all together. So that's interesting. I love that. So yeah. what's uh what's on on tap for you next? I know you're working on a novel. You obviously don't want to share much about that kind of stuff, but what what are you excited about working on right now?
1: Well, so I decided um I mean with the pandemic, I have like a lot of time. <laughs> I've had a lot of time yeah, this yeah. year. Uh, so there's really nothing else to do. Um so I, f- I finished the draft of a of a novel a couple of months ago that I've a novel that I felt was kind of moving me in a different direction than what I've done before. Sure, um, I've begun spending time in Thailand. And I've become really fascinated with Thailand. And, okay, um, and so I so I wrote a novel set in Thailand. Oh, um, and it's I you know I was I, would, I would say I'm happy with the draft, but I wanted to set it th- aside for a while.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and then i've begun working on and i kind of knew what the next book i wanted to work on would be so uh, so I've recently begun working on that um and, and i realized just actually just recently i mean like a couple weeks ago, that i always wanted to write a thriller i just Ooh. and I, but I, and I just i would never made the commitment you know yeah. it's like i just you know because i always have like a lot of different Kinds of projects going on sure and it seemed like a thriller is going to be mm-hmm. it's going to take a lot of time it's going to take a lot of energy yeah um, and i think as far as the project goes it, it's just I. it really had all the elements of being a thriller i just wasn't thinking of it as a thriller until sure. i wrote about 60 pages of it, and I, <laughs> at it and I thought like why can't man, like this, now, this should just wait be, a like minute <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's a it's a thriller and everything except except me calling it right so, so i went back and i just so now i'm thinking about it in that term in those terms yeah and i'm like i'm just really really excited about it and i'm oh, also excited cool. by the idea of like thinking about it as a potential i mean whether that actually happened
0: sure so, there, there's nothing uh, i love
1: to hear troll. more and I, I can't i'm sorry what was that Oh, no, I said, you know, maybe out of my control, you know, oh. it's like whether, the book's, whether the book sells or something like that, sure. But that's sure. my, that's my,
0: yeah, no, no, my, I I, I'll, my fingers are crossed for you, man. I, I love what I've read so far from him. I, my plan is to go and, and start diving back into, especially the other two short story collections you've got. I'm just, I'm a huge fan of short stories, but I, I love hearing And the reason I liked, I, I know it's tough uh especially in what you're doing you know i'm going to talk to photographers oh what are you working on now i'm going to go shoot this or that with an author you you know you're a work in progress and there may be you know obviously the legal reasons you can't even say what you're doing you know and we don't want to spill those beans but i just i like asking that question still because i love hearing exactly what you said you know the excitement how you're excited to be working on this new new character, new plot, new story, you know, everyone's got a different thing, but I just love being able to hear that excitement behind what you're doing. Because I think that's something that for people that pick up this book, that, you know, the, the fear of everything, as you read it, these stories aren't so much, I mean, with the exception of the phone call, but maybe I'm weird and just got excited about that one, <laughs> you know, weird way, I loved it. But they're not the kind of stories that are going to leave you feeling like bouncing off the walls full of energy they're going to make you think but you can tell there was genuine enjoyment and um i don't know what the right word excitement basically for what you were doing exploring these directions and it really shines through in your work and and, and so i'm excited that you've got another project <laughs> that you're excited about
1: I yeah you. so yeah. I, I mean you know, I, go ahead oh no i was just gonna say i mean that's that's uh i'm glad that that came through in the fear of everything Oh, absolutely. And important. So, piece of the puzzle for
0: me. I'm going to ask you a a tricky question and maybe I, and I'm trying to think if I've ever read one myself. Can you think of any short stories, short fiction that are straight up thrillers? I mean, like the the type that are the equivalent of a a page turner, you know, mm-hmm. murder mystery, whatever it might be page turning thrillers in the short story form.
1: I mean, I can, I mean, I could think of writers who write novels like Dennis Lehane has written a short story collection. Okay. Um, You know, or you go back to like Dashiell Hammett, his early work, Uh, those were short stories. Um, I think what I, my, my tendency, I guess the way I think of it mostly is that like a lot of those writers, the novel is really kind of their genre. Like the novel right. really what they excel at. And I think with these short stories, as far as like a thriller goes, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's hard to kind of capture that in 20, 25 pages. I can think of a lot of really good crime. Sure. I wouldn't necessarily, you know, categorize as thriller.
0: Thriller. Yeah. That And that's so what I was like thinking.
1: A, yeah. It, there's a it, little it, bit of a difference, I think.
0: Yeah. And it's, sense. it's, it's to be able to, to build and keep that suspense and, that kind of up tempo energy of a thriller in that short of a package, it's gotta be pretty difficult to, to pull off in that short of a space, you know, trying to trying to get a race car up to speed, but then also handle all the track and end it in, you know, a, a quarter of or less, <laughs> you know, way less oftentimes yeah. than the full track. You know, that's yeah, interesting I, mean, I,
1: I, know what... I guess I sort of think like you know, I think of this sometimes in terms of point of view too, but I think sure. from genre, which is that there's certain things. There are either certain techniques or there are certain genres that are best suited for a particular kind of right, you know, length. And yeah. so, you know, like like writing an omniscient short story, I think is difficult because when you think of omniscience, omniscience is like somebody like Dickens writing right thousand page novels. You know, right. you've got the room to kind of go into the heads of Yes, twenty twenty-five characters. But if you do that in a short story, it seems thin. Yeah, like it seems better to have this kind of concentrated. And so, when I think of thrillers, I I tend to think like I think of thrillers as being big and multi points of view, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of you know action that. Right. But the action only kind of resonates because you've already built the characters. Right. in, In a short story.
0: Yeah, right, right. That, that's what made me think of it when you were talking about thriller. I was like, I don't know if I can think of anyone that's done, you know, like you say, a lot of a lot of great, like, crime and horror and, you know, short story mm-hmm. form, but I couldn't think of, like, a true thriller. Like, uh, I was trying to picture, like, a Da Vinci Code or something style <laughs> story, but only, like you say, in 20, 25 pages, whatever it might be. And I, yeah, I, 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 was drawing a blank, so I figured I'd ask the expert.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think like a great thriller goes, I, it's even like Dennis Lehane stuff mm-hmm. is like his short stories, I think are more concentrated on character. Than like sure. one of them was made into the movie, the drop. Oh uh, yeah. 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 Which, you know, it translated really well into a movie because he had that, it was very character driven, mm-hmm. but it's a very, it's a smallish kind of episode. The sure. crime.
0: the crimes well and that's interesting that you say that because you know so many of I, I was thinking of this the other day i was uh looking through some stuff and reading through some of philip k dick's stuff with his short stories, and so many big hollywood films really come from short stories mm-hmm. and it, it's that's interesting I, I never thought of it that yeah they tend to be a lot of times very character driven and that's why and that's why it's so tough yeah, to take I mean, a Lord of the Rings and cram it into a, you know, pare it down yeah. into a movie, you know,
1: I think short stories, especially for genre writers were, you know, like really lend themselves. to adaptation. Yeah. You know, I mean, as far as like screenplays go, when you have like mm-hmm. a three act structure, if you take a novel, you, you really have to you really have to cut a lot out. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Short story. It's like, you, you know, you can kind of divide that up. And,
0: and and fill it out sure that that may yeah it makes total sense well i'm gonna ask you a selfish question here yeah um i know you write you know you said you you write screenplays as well as the short stories and the novels and everything else if you or or when you got into it and this is something i've been looking at myself because i'm i i love films i love movie i really love also a lot of the work that's being done in like these new audio drama style podcasts where they're complete fiction but screenplays you know it's a voice actors everything Mm -hmm. else but i personally have this massive block in my head and cannot wrap my head around how to sit down and write a screenplay so my my selfish question to you would be where if you were you know looking at someone that was looking to get into screenplay writing or even just short story short fiction whatever it is what resources would you give someone? What would you? What direction would you point them into to say, "Hey, Here, here's a good place to start."
1: Oh, um, that's that's a good question. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, there's so many. There, I mean, there are a lot of different you know, uh, books. I'm trying to think. I, I've taught screenwriting. It's been a while since I've taught screenwriting. Sure. There's a there's a one book that I use that I thought was a good they're so good, you know. I think like a lot of the books are kind of interchangeable. Sure, and they're all sure. useful. Um, but you know, I mean, I spent I a lot of it was just I think like I I've, I've spent my life just watching movies. I love movies right. So much. You know, probably watch a movie a day at least. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, and once I began reading books on on writing screenplays and then right re- and then reading actual screen files. right um it's and and i and i took some i mean i began as a film major in
0: college. oh okay i just
1: couldn't afford to make the film so yeah I was right. a, so i ended up like creative writing was cheaper <laughs> uh, but but i took three writing courses um i mean i think a lot of it is just kind of exposing yourself to all of that stuff and And kind of learning. I mean, most movies are three act structures. Sure. I mean, my students would get really frustrated with me because most movies are very. It's like writing a sonnet. It's a yeah, Mm -hmm. and it's a very and it's almost it's a very predictable form Mm -hmm. in some way. But it's like what what can you do to make it fresh, unique? So that's the. But if you look at any movie, you can you know if you know how long the movie is, you can know pretty much every single movement in it. Yep. you know. So I would show them. I remember showing my class *Little Miss Sunshine*, mm-hmm. which lo- you know, a movie that they loved. Right. And most of them had seen. But you know, I charted. I said, "Look, you know, here's how long the movie is," and then I just kind of broke it up into acts, and then I broke each act up into, you know, like where the movements within the acts would happen. Right. And I said, well, "What I'm going to do is I'm just going to pause the movie at exactly, you know, like three minutes in or whatever right. it happened to be." Right. And it was it was to the second. That movie was to the second. Oh,
0: really? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. And so
1: that's like you know the idea is that you don't want the viewer to be aware of that. Mm-hmm. So, but my students would think like even movies that they consider to be kind of edgy, something like Eternal Sunshine, the Spotless Yeah,
0: Bond, yeah.
1: Still does that.
0: It does. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's not.
1: This isn't. You know, it is really like writing a song. You know? Okay. Like, but just like you just have to figure out. What can you bring to the forum? Sure how, how can you how can you do something interesting in the genre that you're writing? Right, yeah. What what can you bring that's
0: unique to put inside these boxes? Kind of yeah. uh, to you know your voice that that's interesting. That you know very helpful.
1: And I, I think know, especially these days. What's interesting too is like there's so many movies that are just kind of cross genre. Not oh yeah, necessarily one particular genre. Yeah, genre.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, it's not I, yeah.
1: Just these days.
0: Yeah, like I plate think Raiders
1: runners are a great example. Yeah, like,
0: right. You see a lot there, yeah. It, it, it's it's interesting. I I'm I'm I never went to school for for filmmaking or anything like that. I have degrees in in of all things marketing and business management. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the the creative side of me, it was just one of those things that's something I could do for a day job, but the creative side has always just been something that drives me. Like I I I need that element where I'm doing something creative all the time and it just kind of fuels me. So I'm always looking to just keep pushing myself and keep learning new things and trying new things. And so, and film has been one of those ones I'm, you know, a huge fan, but never, never, what would the right word be like officially studied in a school setting or nothing, but just i i tend to pick films apart like crazy especially the photographer and me I, I love looking at like the cinematography and, and that side of things too so which all plays into that storytelling you know it's yeah. it's all part of it
1: yeah yeah i mean it's i mean that's to me one of the things that i love about movies is kind of there's so many people that are involved and it's like when yeah. you get to know for example a particular uh, uh, you know director yeah Style, mm-hmm. then you begin kind of in seeing like how that. I mean, that actually that really shapes the tone in a lot of ways. Right. Uh, that, that,
0: sure, sure.
1: Uh-huh. And so, um, yeah, all of that, like, good. like, uh, to be honest, like my limited experience in working, in, um, I mean, I've had a lot of things in development and I've worked, I've collaborated with some really good people. Sure. But, uh I, to be honest, I just don't know how anything good actually ever gets made. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so when seemed, it does, yeah. it's kind of like, it's a miracle. And it also right. it really you know gives me this great admiration for all of the people involved.
0: Well, yeah, for especially.
1: Score, you
0: know, yeah. Well, especially today, the because director. they want the the big splashy box office hit. And that often comes at a sacrifice of interesting storytelling unfortunately i mean don't get me wrong i'm a huge geek and i love the marvel movies and the star wars and everything else but they're telling most of the time the same stories over and over with different characters you know it's just the spectacle of it and, and nothing wrong with that nothing you know just enjoying some mindless fun but i i i'll never look at a a marvel film and you know be like oh captain america that was such a deep film or the storytelling, you know, when you look at like you mentioned Eternal right. Sunshine earlier, um, those two films just can't compete story-wise as far as storytelling. You know, not not special effects or anything else, but the storytelling—they're they're very different. But I I miss those days of brilliant stories coming out. You know, you kind of they sneak out. They're they're not necessarily the A list blockbuster hits, and thankfully a lot of those are finding their way on streaming services now. You know, you're seeing this in the long form where they're doing series and, and things like that. And so I'm, I'm hopeful <laughs> mm-hmm. we'll see more, but I don't know. Like you said, it's amazing. Anything good actually
1: comes out sometimes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, I'm always grateful that I have something else that I do. That I yeah. write fiction and that I teach. Right. And, uh cuz i have friends who do just that yeah um, i mean it's a tough, that's
0: a tough right absolutely absolutely well as we get set i know we're a little over an hour here i don't want to take up too much of your evening um again i just want to uh, thank you so much for for taking time to chat with me for you know let me read a uh, an advanced copy of this book it comes out what september 1st if i remember right yeah yep so this this uh conversation is going to come out a little bit before that in the first week uh well next week first week of august here so uh listen to those of you listening i want you to go check this out um the fear of everything from john mcnally john where is the best place for people to find more about you or or you know to to look at and pick up your books and not just this one but all of them you know if they want to look more into that
1: yeah well so i've got a author page on facebook you can find me there
0: hey guys sorry to interrupt just a quick editorial note here the audio kind of faded out as you heard a little bit through this episode on and off. Um, not sure what that was, but I wanted to make sure and give it to you right here while you're listening. How you can find John and his Facebook page that he was mentioning is simply Facebook.com slash fiction writer John McNally. That's fiction, F-I-C-T-I-O-N writer. W-R-I-T-E-R, John, J O H N, McNally, M-C-N-A-L-L-Y. And I do, of course, have that linked up in our show notes. So please just give a swipe over there and you will find that. And then I will plug that again at the end of this episode. All right, let's get back to the wrap-up here. I'm looking that up right now. And then as far is that the best place for them to go to um pick up copies of the fear of everything once it's out, or will that be it's, just announced? It, it should there? be everywhere. I mean, everywhere. it's kind of
1: I, I've been pushing people toward independent bookstores because they've been hit hard with uh right you know, with COVID and everything. And so yeah. you know, I have friends of mine who own independent bookstores are have been struggling and doing fundraising and stuff, and so, you know, it may be a couple dollars more than you know, than Amazon. It'll, right. it'll probably it'll probably arrive in better shape i always you know, <laughs> this is true i, about like, I mean yeah you know, i saw you know, a lot of books through amazon but but, but you know it's like I sometimes i'll order a book on amazon and i'll order like i don't know like cat food or something i'll order like three completely different things and it's like you get the book with like your chainsaw and your cans of cat food and it's like the and the book just is mangled and Right. So, uh, but you know, it's available. It's available there too. Um, Right. But, uh, but it should be, it should be pretty much anywhere. It's, it's it's got a, awesome. A a major distributor.
0: Perfect. Well, I I look forward to it and, and I wish you all the success on this because I, I, like I said, I'm a huge fan of the short stories and I'm really a big fan of what you put together in this collection. I, I do sincerely look forward to going back and checking out your other two short story collections as well so i plan to be doing that in the very near future so
1: well, i really appreciate it i appreciate you taking the time to read it before the be, you know and everything
0: so well and so you that's know great. i for me i i know i get approached to do these every now and i'm not even sure how i started getting in contact i, I you know started getting these emails i'm like at first i thought they were scams i'm like <laughs> what is this <laughs> you know you today you never know and so I, I, one of them i just replied and they're like no no we're we're legit and this is this and you know we'll send you this I'm like oh really and that's my only rule is um I lo- I'll talk to just about anybody uh, about their work cuz everyone's just got such a different process and you know the whole thing but my only rule is that I have to be able to read it and I'd be able to take the time to read whatever we're going to talk about because otherwise I feel like I I can read a press release but that doesn't really tell me about you or or about you know your writing style and the things you write about and I feel like that's how can I have a conversation with you if I don't know that, you know? <laughs> and so it's, it's my pleasure. And, and I, I love getting to explore all of these different directions. So I I'm just so thrilled and, and, you know, thankful again that you took some time to be with us tonight. So anything, uh, final words, I guess, before, before we sign off here.
1: No, I think that's it. But you know, good, good luck to you. With all your Oh, as well.
0: thank you. I, I, I have that problem of, uh, create creativity you know, ADD or whatever, too many irons yeah, on the fire. I, I, I get,
1: that. I mean, I, I'm the same way. So.
0: Yeah. I, I can't do <laughs> just one thing. I've got to keep, keep testing and keep experimenting, but I, but thank you. And so what we'll do, I'm going to jump over to myself in a second here. We'll wrap up this conversation, but please listeners, when you, when September 1st comes, get to your local bookstores, support your independent stores. Cause like John was saying, they've been hit pretty hard uh, with this pandemic and everything. And, and, Definitely check out The Fear of Everything. Well worth your time, especially if you're a fan of short stories. John, thanks again uh, it, it, so oh, much. I
1: was just going to add that it's, yeah, it yeah. is available for pre-order.
0: So. Oh, it is. Perfect. Yeah. Go Well, then don't wait. Go pre-order with your bookstore right now. That way you'll have it immediately when it comes out. It's worth it. You guys are going to love it. I really enjoyed this read. John, thanks again.
1: Thank you.
0: All right, guys. So that was my conversation with John McNally discussing his brand new book that's coming out September 1st, 2020. Like he said, it's available for pre-order right now. And I do really, really hope that you'll go check this out. And as he mentioned, you can get it everywhere on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, all the big usual places. But if you have the ability to support a local um, independent bookstore near you, please go do that because as he mentioned bookstores right now especially with the pandemic going on are really struggling and really hurting and i know it means a lot more to that bookstore than it does to amazon and either way you'll be getting a fantastic read from john so i hope you check that out and while you're looking that up you know if you want to see more of his work again he's got 17 different novels out there he gave you his Facebook page, which again, uh, go give him a follow there and reach out. If you've got any further questions, let him know you heard about it here. Uh, That is just simply facebook.com slash fiction writer john McNally, facebook.com slash fiction writer john McNally, which again is all one word facebook.com slash f i c t i o n w r i t e r j o h n m c n a l l y. So please do go check that out. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. John was a super cool dude. And I am just fascinated as you guys know, with short stories and and just good storytelling. And this book, the fear of everything is full of some amazing stories and they are just plain and simple, good storytelling, short fiction, and there's, there's some really good stuff in here. You know, like any anthology collection, some may click more than others, but I really think if you like what we're doing here, and if you're a fan of short fiction and short stories, you're really gonna dig what he has going on. So that being said, go check out John on Facebook. Again, one more time to annoy you, Facebook.com slash fiction writer John McNally, all one word. Of course, to check out everything to do with Faded Words, you can find us at AICpod.com. I'm David Swiduck, and this is Faded Words.